0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm Tyler. Here with me on the other end of the line is my co-host Curtis. And today on the show, we're going to take a look at the recently released ESPN FPI projected win percentage numbers for each game on our 2018 schedule. I'm not sure if you guys got a chance to look at this yet. I know it's not quite football season. uh, But they did release those numbers late last week for most teams in the country. And essentially what it is, is they have their football power index it's what they use to predict games and project uh, and make projections for the coming season. And they've gone down our schedule, and they have listed uh, our uh, projected win percentage numbers for each game on the schedule. So we're we'll going take a look at that. And uh, yeah, we are definitely a good ways out from the 2018 season still. But, at least in my book, it's never too early to start looking at the schedule and discussing how things are going to break. So we'll do our best to do that today. But first, I want to make sure to remind everyone they can follow us on Twitter, at Glory underscore UGA. Definitely share any Thoughts or comments you have with us, feel free to do so. And I also want to make sure everyone knows where to find the show. Clearly, you listen to us somewhere. But I uh, want to make sure you know you guys can find us on DollSportsRadio.com. If uh, the, the smartphone app is easier for you guys, you can download the Dollsports Radio app straight to your smartphone. You can also check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, and the Stitcher and TuneIn apps as well. If you get a chance, it would be awesome if you could rate and review the show and share your thoughts. We would sincerely appreciate that. We And we definitely appreciate everyone who's already taking time. To do so, but all right. Without any more of that, let's go ahead and get into the the meat of the show here today, Kurt. So we got a lot to talk about. We got twelve games to go through, twelve early season games, and what we're gonna do here, Kurt, is I'm I'm just gonna tell I'm gonna go through the schedule from top to bottom, starting with Austin P and ending with Georgia Tech, and I'm gonna give you the the number, the win percentage number that ESPN's FPI, their Football Power Index, has given us for that game. And spoiler alert, they have us favored in every game. And most of them, are pretty significantly. I mean, I guess that's not too surprising with the schedule and based off what we got coming back and what we were able to accomplish last year. But I'll give you the win percentage number according to the FPI, Kurt. And then what we're going to do is we're going to talk about would, if we're looking at this, or would you say it's? Would you put your number over or under ESPN's FPI number? And you can you also going to have the option to say hold. I'll give each of us two two times to say hold, which would basically essentially mean that. We would put it right where the ESPN fbi has that win percentage number. Make sense? Yeah. All right, let's roll with this. Uh, this one's easy. easy. Austin P, uh, Division Two team coming into town. They had a pretty nice year. Traditionally a, a, a really poor, even Division Two program, but they had a nice year last year, at least by their standards. But still, come on, coming to Samford Stadium to open the season. D two team. The FPI has our win percentage at 99.8% chance that we're going to win this game. There's not much to go over there. I guess you'd have to say it'd be 100% that we're going to win this game. Are you willing to say that we're going to go 100% and win this game? Yes. Yeah, me too. Like, I, I don't want to spend much time breaking this one down. We've got a lot of other important games to talk about. It would be a, it'd be one of those like, upset of the century moments, right, if we lose to them, um, which I just don't see, uh, clearly. I mean, crazy junk happens. Appalachian State happened, but... I don't know if Austin P. Austin P. is not the program Appalachian State was when they went into the big house. So it's, there's not much room to go over, but I think I'm with you. I'm going to go over here. Uh, next one, this is where it gets kind of tricky. At South Carolina in week two, the ESPN FBI FPI puts our win percentage in this game at 79.1%. They gave us a 79.1% chance to win this game. If you had to if you had to handicap it, would you go over or under that number? Or would you hold I, right there?
1: I might go – I want to hold, but, I mean, if anything, I may go under at 75%. I mean, I think we win because, I mean, there's a lot of factors we'll get into closer in the season. But, yeah. I mean, yes, it's going to be a tough atmosphere at Williams-Brice, but I think you have to go into account um, their defense, like we said before, was not that uh, deep last year. And, and I mean, they lost they were, eight starters. Yeah, they lost eight starters out of a very um, – uh, out of defense with very little depth. And, uh, you know, they have talent here and there, but not talent across the board. So you're going to be replacing, I mean, as much as we're going to be replacing talent, um our offense is better than their offense. And I think our talent defensively is better than theirs with the experience that we still do have.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of with you on this one. Look, let's make no bones about this. We are better than South Carolina. And by better, I mean we are more talented than South Carolina. I hate playing them on the road in week two like this when, when the schedule breaks. Like this, we did this for a while. We got away from it the past couple of years. But the game is back on week two. It's on the road in South Carolina. And that's troublesome when you have a young team like we do. We still have a pretty young team. Let's be real. We're replacing some key players at key positions, guys that are big-time contributors for us for years. Now, you and I have gone on record saying that we think a lot of those guys are, be, are going to be replaced with better talent. But the fact remains that talent will still be very, very green when we roll into Columbia, South Carolina uh, week two. So just the circumstances of this game, where it fits on the schedule, and with the amount of young players that we're going to have playing key, key downs for us and at key positions and key moments, that I think is somewhat concerning. But again, we still are the more talented team. However, you guys know you watch college football. The more talented team does not always win. That's, that's, that's why we have upsets. You see it each and every Saturday. We've been victim to that plenty of times ourselves. We were the more talented team in the game and end up losing. Um, so look, seventy nine point one percent. I wouldn't go much under that, but I'm with you. I'm going to go under. I would put it in between like the seventy and seventy five percent. You know, yeah,
1: I, I mean, that's what I say. I mean, I would, I wouldn't go over, but I wouldn't go any lower than
0: seventy. Yeah, I think, I think that's reasonable. And seventy nine percent is not unreasonable. But I think it's, I would put it closer to 75 percent. And you're right, we're going to get into all these games much in much more detail as We get closer and closer to the season. But South Carolina, you mentioned their defense. I'm I'm with you. I think I think we should be able to. I think our offense early in the season will be the strength of this team. Defensively, you have really good players, but we're placing a lot of key guys at key positions. So I think it might take a little time to gel there, and those guys kind of have to get their feet under them. But we got a lot of experience returning on offense. Out really outside of the tailback, we that position. We're returning a lot of experience everywhere offensively, including the quarterback position for the first time in two years. So I think offensively. We're going to be rolling early in the season. I, I'm not really concerned about that. I'm more concerned about: Are we going to be clicking defensively? Are we going to blow some coverage in the secondary with a lot of young players? Probably at safety, definitely with Richard LeCount. Then at that one, at one cornerback position, probably have a young guy that hasn't played much at all. Uh, maybe Tyreek McGee. We'll see how that breaks. But defensively, I'm I'm somewhat concerned uh, going into South Carolina game like that. But offensively, I feel pretty good. And look, that that South Carolina kind of team—they have some really good skill players offensively. Yes, they're going to struggle defensively, and I think we could. I don't want to say we're going to score at will on their defense, but I, I don't think we're going to have any problem really scoring. Uh, I, I would imagine we put up 30-plus points in that game because that defense, you're right, they, they weren't great last year and didn't have a ton of depth, and then they lose eight starters. You lose some really key pieces. You lose um, uh, in Sky Moore. You lose the, c- coming back as a pass rusher. He didn't yeah, – he's a good guy. He's a good player. I don't know if he's ready to be elite yet. Uh, but offensively, they have some weapons, especially the skill position. Their offensive line has been a mess for a couple years, and, and they might get – a little bit better this year on the uh, up front, but at the skill positions, they're pretty good. I mean, Jake Bentley, uh, he didn't quite have the year everyone thought he was going to have. He had a good first half of the year, he kind of fell off late in the season, became a turnover machine late after not turning the ball over much the first half of the season. Then you get Debo Samuel back. Do you expect him to be by week two? Do you expect him to be the the Debo Samuel of old? Um, be ready to I go. See, I don't see why he couldn't. Because yeah, um, it's like it wasn't even ACL; it was a broken leg. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was saying. Yeah, it wasn't – I mean, those are very
1: – you come back from those. I mean, I don't know. In the history, we have seen crazier things. Michelle saw Caleb King go from a five-star talent to not, you know – Yeah, I mean, it
0: depends on the severity of the break and and so on. I mean,
1: even then, I mean, I don't uh, – I don't think – I don't I, – I, I... I don't think it's impossible for him to go the speed back. Yeah, I
0: think – I, I right now I'm going to expect him to be 100%. I'm just going to – I'm going to expect yeah, yeah, him to come out rolling. The years, though, especially when you face them, you know, we're talking about their offense. Their offensive lines
1: nothing to write home about, and so you, there's not really a danger of them running all over
0: you. That yeah, and they have to, some talented backs, but you're right. The offensive line is not great. I mean, like Rico Dowdle, he's a pretty good back. Uh, A.J. Turner is a pretty good back. They have – I don't know if they have an elite back, but they have some guys that are pretty good. Um and, you know, so like, but you're right. If you have an offensive line that's not running the ball well, and I'll tell you, the guy I really like at running back for them, I think Tyson Williams might be their best Um But you're right. The offensive line, that kind of negates anything you can do. Not to say they can't run the ball at all, but I don't know if they're going to beat us running the football. But that passing game has the potential to be really good. I think in his third year, as a junior, I think you're going to see a, another step from uh, the quarterback position with Jake Bentley. Uh, and they got some good receivers. And it's not just uh, Debo Samuel. You've got Brian Edwards out wide, you got Ortre Smith. You got some guys that can do some things. Now you do lose, of course, uh, the big tight end. Uh, but I mean, I think he's replaceable. I mean, did, am I am I off base there? I mean, he, I know he was good, but I don't know. I mean, if you watch the
1: spring game, any time they targeted a tight end, there wasn't a catch.
0: I mean, Hayden Hurst at tight end was really good. Okay, he was yeah, I mean, really familiar, really good. He opened it up to the receivers. But, so. but also, yeah, he did. Okay, you're right. He occupied the middle of the field. And it made it very difficult to double anyone out wide. That's very true. And, and I don't know they have they don't have a guy to really replace that. Um, but if you got two receivers like they do with Debo Samuel and Brian Edwards, you you can only double one of them. Okay, you can't double them both. So one of those guys is gonna is gonna have less attention and have more single coverage looks and opportunities to do some damage. I, I think their team run the football. And by the way, remember Keel Pollard from uh, from Culkin County a couple years back. Initially, he was committed to Arkansas. Then is up at South Carolina, and he was a big body wide receiver. And we didn't really offer him. He was kind of pissed off about it, but exactly what everyone thought. He's he's now playing tight end. There's no way that dude was going to play wide receiver. His body was too big coming out of high school. Uh, but look, I, I think we're better than them. I think we should win this game. Especially like one thing that concerns me. I don't know how many of you had a chance of taking a game at, 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 at not Jordan. I'm sorry at Williams Bryce. Uh, I will say outside of Baton Rouge, I think that is the most intimidating. Road environment for for an opposing team to play in. That place gets rocking, and especially if it's at night, they go crazy. It's sandstorm going. They have those little freaking white towels they wave around in your face the whole freaking game. It's awful, and they are loud. I'll, I'll give them credit. I hate South Carolina, but I'll give them credit for that. So if this game is a night game. I would I, I might drop down to like 65 percent honestly but I think this game has a really good chance of being the the CBS and game we'll of the week to, to you know I know you're bringing up Sashland
1: Murray and we got demolished but they don't have a jadevon Clowney.
0: they don't have that that's very true but I mean I've been there what five or the last five or six times we played down there and every single time whether it's not even if it's not at night every time it's it's been insanely loud even with like it wasn't as loud obviously last time we were there because we played on a Sunday after the hurricane damage that was but it was still pretty it was pretty loud. But every other time I played there, day or night, it's been a very intimidating environment. And at night it just kinda gets kicked up another notch, obviously, it does anywhere. Um, but if it's at 3.30, which I think it probably will be, it's hard to tell, the, but uh, CBS doesn't have the U.S. Open tennis tournament anymore, so they they used to wait until Florida and Tennessee open in week three to, to kind of open up the SEC schedule, but now the past couple years since they've lost the U.S. Open, they've been opening up earlier than that, either week one or week two. I imagine they will have this game on uh, CBS at 3.30. Because if you look at the rest of the SEC slate that weekend, week two, uh, it's nothing to write home about. We, Georgia at South Carolina is clearly the premier SEC game that weekend. So I think we'll probably be a three thirty game, which makes me feel a little bit better. And that's why I'm putting right there on 70-75%. Uh, Alright, next one here. Uh, Middle Tennessee at home. The ESPN-FBI gives us a 97.8% chance to win this one. You're going over or under?
1: I'll go over again. I mean,
0: yeah. Middle is sneaky, man. Okay, Rick Stockstill's a good coach, and they've got his son Brent Stockstill's back. He, he got and he's a good quarterback. He's been he's been a quarterback for a while. got hurt uh, for a, a, a big part of last year. Came back late. I mean, they're not a like they're not Austin Peay. This is like a perennial uh, over the past five or six years it's A perennial bowl team. Um, but still, saying that it's Middle Tennessee. We're Georgia. Um, we should have no trouble with them. I'm going to go over here. I, I was tempted to go under like 95%, but that's just, you know, that's just being being lame. So I'll go over with you as well. Uh, next one, this is another one that I'm interested in. I'm, I'm already right now here, April 12th, concerned about this one. We then go on the road to face the Missouri Tigers in Columbia, Missouri. The ESPN FPI is giving us a 78.3% chance to win this one. Are you going over, under, or are you holding right there? I think
1: I'm going to Right there on this one um you know i think we win i mean they 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 home atmosphere has really changed It's not it's not anything to be afraid of when you go there anymore
0: unless and, it's at uh, night i will say uh, at night it's still like we played I mean, there 2 years them, ago no, it was even then, the night
1: games we've had the last couple of years. has been actually embarrassing for to see it see an SEC school like that.
0: So I mean, um, but you have to imagine just, when you get a t- when a program like Georgia, as, as high as we've been flying for a year or so here, that they'll pack that game out. I mean, I I maybe mean, may not. I don't know. It, but it's, they're not. They don't have rabid fans. Okay, like fair, Georgia, fair, fair. That's that fair. That's yeah. It's no South Carolina. There's no doubt about that. And all right, so their offense will be good, but it
1: also depends on how much they're held back by the new OC. I mean, we saw it before. I mean, you, uh, if, especially in a first year, the OC as you're trying to fill out what you've got, it's hard. I mean, you're not. Going to be clicking, playing play calling, and things. Right. So I think that's going to play into a factor is how much they're held back by that connect, lack of connection. Yeah, there. I, I think... just don't
0: know there, man. See, I just don't know what to but think I mean, for that offense. I can't count the number of times over the, the
1: last couple of years we've played them. They've had better offenses than us every single time, but we've come out on top.
0: Yeah, because they're well, they're, it's weird. Like when they first joined the SEC, like they, they were their offense was good. But let's be real, that defense carried that team. I mean, I think was it?
1: Well, yeah, and see, one of the biggest things hurt them when that. One of the driving forces of their defense was that defensive line, and yeah. they don't have those players anymore, and,
0: or the coach. They don't have him as as well. Yeah, this to me, it's a. There's a lot of similarities here. Um, I
1: mean, to beat them, you'll have to outscore them, which we can.
0: Yes, I, I agree with you. I think there's a lot of similarities here between uh, Missouri and South Carolina. I think both, like South Carolina, just like South Carolina, Missouri's offense will be the strength of this team. Defensively, they're going to struggle. I will say, I do expect them to be better defensively this year. Uh, they started to figure out some things late in the season. Like, their defense wasn't, was never good last year. And, but early in the season, the Missouri defense was an abject disaster. Late in the season, it was at least like kind of serviceable. They were okay. Uh, they do get a boost with Terry Beckner Jr. coming back. A lot of people didn't think he was going to come back. He was a former five-star defensive tackle worker. He was hurt. He got hurt his sophomore – he got hurt uh, two years ago, came back this past year, uh, and wasn't himself early on. But he really came on late. That dude can be a game-changing defensive tackle if he's if he's right. We'll see if he's right. Um, so he's a guy to watch out for. I think Therese Hall is a really good linebacker, a good weak side linebacker. I think he's, he's speedy. He can do some things. But outside of those two guys – they really don't have anything that scares me, to be honest. They don't, and, and just like South Carolina, we should be able to score thirty plus points on this team. If we don't, there's, it's because it's because we screwed up. Like we're turning the ball over, we're not executing. It's not because they're just going to flat out beat us. Uh, we should handle them. Now defensively, it's another game early in the season. Just like South, I mean, we're facing two really good offenses. Maybe potentially two of the better offenses in the league in South Carolina, Missouri. In our first two games, we have a bunch of new guys that are going to be breaking in on defense. So I don't think it's an ideal situation. But you're right about um, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. With the offensive coordinator change, you go from Josh Heupel who was a very uh, open, spread, uh, kind of like fast break on on grass type type system where it was very simplistic. Locke was making just a few quick reads, and he was chucking the ball down the field. They were pressing it vertically, and hitting big play after big play. Uh, then when you spread the field like that, it, it clears out the box. You're able to run the ball when, they, uh, when they, they try to double up some of your big-time receivers. They do lose Jamon Moore, who's a good receiver for them for a couple of years. The guy I think is their most explosive receiver, Emmanuel Hall, he's coming back. Uh, Jonathan Johnson, uh, who's a a good solid player for them. He's back. So they have some weapons out wide, and you have a former 1,000-yard running back coming back uh, in DeMaria Crockett. And don't forget about Albert O. I can't say his last name, dude. Albert the, the one, Okawaga the one thing Banan. I want to talk about their offense. To me, I could see something very similar to
1: what, I mean, what mo- most people will recognize this is what shocked the Atlanta Falcons. Um, last year, they set tons of records, you know, with the most, the top scoring offenses in the NFL last year. And there just wasn't that same connection this past year um, with Stark and Ryan. And, you know, we didn't lose any of the pieces offensively, skill wise, but we didn't have the
0: numbers we did. That's a really good comparison, man. Kudos on that. That's a really good comparison. You're right. Like, you have the same guys coming back, and you like, what in the hell is going on? Like, what, what is different? And the difference is, you don't, you got a different offensive coordinator who doesn't really know his personnel as well. You're trying to fit him into a different scheme that maybe that doesn't really fit the talent. And the thing is, I just, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, I just don't know what to expect from this offense. I don't know what kind of system they're going to be running with Derek Dooley. Really, because he, he
1: know they want to run the probe? Because that's why. Uh, that's his background. That's why Locke came
0: back. Yeah, he, 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 it kind of makes sense, right? That's Derek Dooley's background. It's more of a pro style system. And then you have Locke, who, one of the reasons he comes back seemingly is to kind of. Uh, uh, learn more about the pro style system, be able to take some snaps to understand, which he has never done throughout his career. I mean, they're the kind, of team, the kind of team that gets on the goal on the one yard line and they're running from shotgun every single snap. Uh, so that, that's what they've been. So uh, if you look at all those, those factors there, it seems like they are definitely going to want to at least incorporate some more pro style elements into their offense. And if they do so, are they going to be the same explosive style offense they've had in the past couple of years under Josh Heupel as offense coordinator? I have to say, I don't think so. Because pro style systems aren't like that. They're not built to be like that. I think you're going to see – they're going to try to blend both styles. I don't think they're going to completely go away from what they've been doing. I just don't think they have the personnel to do that. Uh, But I just – I honestly don't know what to expect. But on this one, while, again, it's another case of we are clearly the more talented team, clearly the better team. But honestly, man, on the road with the talent they have on offense, and yes, their defense is not going to be great, and we should score fine on them. But on the road, and this game is very light. If you look at the SEC slate for this game for this week, uh, this is not the premier game. Uh, there's no doubt. I think this would probably be a night game, and I know you're right. Their their stadium is not near as raucous as South Carolina, a place like that. But at night in the SEC, it's tough. No, no matter where you are, um, I mean, and we've had some dogfights at Kentucky uh, in recent years when you play there at night. So. I'm gonna go a little under 78% here. I would it's kind of like with South Carolina. I, I would probably put it about around 70 to 75%. Not much under 78%. We should definitely win this game. But I don't know if I would go as high as almost 80%. I, I just they have so many weapons offensively, and our defense is still gonna be green, bricking in some guys, especially in the secondary. That is at least mildly concerning to me. Alright, next one here. We come back home after opening the first two uh, SEC games on the road. We host Tennessee. Uh, the ESPN FBI, FPI gives us a ninety three point seven percent chance high man to beat Tennessee at home. Are you going over under? Or are you holding? Uh, I'll go
1: over at about ninety percent. Um,
0: well, they have 90. it. They have it at ninety three
1: point seven. Ninety three. Well, that's what I'm saying. I said. I'd go under. I mean, oh, you go under. I, I think You
0: said over. My bad. Okay. I
1: mean, I'll go under. Right at ninety. Maybe yeah. 90. I don't. You know, they have a lot of holes. A lot of holes to replace. So I mean, I, I see us winning. I don't see it being, like, a close set in the 10-point game. Honestly, even with a coach like Pruitt and all that staff, there's always so much you can do with what you've got there. You know, they've got some players here and there, but not across the board, so they have a lot of deficiencies to make up for. And
0: we have them. no idea what they're going to do at quarterback, and that's the most important position on the field.
1: Exactly, and I mean, if you're going with Chris, who's a graduate transfer, I mean, he got he got... He did nothing at Stanford. He was very – he was average
0: as Griss and Stanford. Yeah, dude. I mean, when you have to leave a program – it's like Grayson Lambert coming in. Like everyone's like, hey, we got Grayson Lambert, but you're leaving for a reason because you weren't good enough to play where you're coming from. Let's just be real. So, I mean, he
1: doesn't really scare me there.
0: Um, Jared Guantano, he's an athletic dude, but come on. We saw that guy last year. I mean, maybe he makes a little bit of a jump, but, I mean. Dude, even even a little bit. Of back,
1: that's it, really. Ty um, Chandler's so I mean,
0: good. Ty Chandler's good at running back, but you're right. They, well, have, like they don't have anything got, other than that They now. got pieces here and there, but no. Damage. I don't know if, if Smith, that big time five star off the tackle. He like he has this like mysterious <laughs> illness, and we're not sure if he's ever gonna play again. That's the, I mean, Trey Smith was like that's that was that's a building block on the offensive line. So if you lose him, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's already a not great offensive line, and you got. I mean, at, at receiver, you got Marquez Callaway, who like he did some nice things early in the season. Especially against Tech, he had a good game. But really, after that Tech game, like that dude was like, like, where, what happened to him? He, he was nowhere to be found.
1: He exactly. Was, and then I think that's the thing. Like, I wouldn't go above because, I mean, especially at the SEC. I mean, it's Tennessee that we're a rival to them. So you don't go
0: 95 to 100%. No, nah, you think can't. Anything You're can happen there. in the SEC. Like, like, we are way more talented than them right now, and their talent's down from where it normally is. But they're still – it's still Tennessee. They still have players. And to say, like, 94-ish percent, like, I don't know if I can go over that, man. I mean, we should definitely win. But I'm with you. I'm gonna go under. I'd put it between like 85 and 90 percent. Not far. Probably like 85 percent more talented The team should win this game, but they do have some players and maybe deserve a little bit more respect. I mean, I saw that number and I was like, Jesus Christ, 94. But they, I mean, look, this is a massive rebuilding job for Jeremy Pruitt. I mean, they went 0 and 8 in the SEC last year. They might go 0 and 8 again, man. I don't know yeah, how much I mean, better they're gonna they, be. Their
1: recruiting class was
0: nothing. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's bad. Very bad. with another home game uh, against Vanderbilt. The FPI gives us a 97.5 percent chance of beating Vanderbilt. Uh, There's not much room to go over here, but are you going to take the over? (sighs) Yeah. I think I am too, man. I mean, uh, as good as,
1: as good as, uh, I think,
0: uh, Sh- Kyle uh, Shermer's Sher- a, he's, 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 he's pretty, I don't want to say he's like, he's not a lead, but he's Ben's good. still, is just
1: not back, and offensively, uh, losing, losing Ralph
0: Lentz going to be huge to them. Well, they lose so, Trent Sherfield, they, they lose, I mean, they lose not only their best running back, they lose the two best receivers as well. So, who's he going to be, who's, gonna, who's he going to be playing with out there? I mean, he's a good quarterback, but who's he going to be throwing to?
1: Exactly. So, I mean, I, I I mean you could go under But I think I'd go over I mean I just don't see us losing Especially the talent We have right now and stuff
0: Yeah like I've I've said this before Like when we lost to Vanderbilt A couple years ago It's I, I said it then I'll say it again We should never like the University of Georgia football team should never ever 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 lose to Vanderbilt. It's never okay. I think think that's an eye opener that year too. That's just never acceptable. Like I don't care. You know, you you can say well things happen. You know, once every you know ten years or so. No, like no, we should never. There should never be a year where Vanderbilt is better than us. Or there should never be a year where Vanderbilt like we're Vanderbilt's even good enough to get close to us. There really shouldn't be. Honestly, there should not be. Um, so like I know that's a huge number. I don't want to jinx this here. I mean, ninety-seven point five percent. I'm gonna go over though. Like, I'm not gonna say a hundred percent, but like ninety-nine percent. I mean, I, I'm with you. Like, I think losing them two years ago at home was a learning block, and I, I just can't imagine Kirby Smart's going let that happen again. I just can't see it. I just, I can't. I can't. Especially with the, you know, he's
1: really instilled that philosophy of breaking teams' wills and stuff. I mean, yeah, the, all these teams. I mean, I know it's a new team each year, but I think that philosophy has really been instilled
0: from the bottom. Well, the culture off. has changed. Let's be real. Yeah. Yeah, I think, And yeah, last I think year, you know, last year we were expecting every game, you know, when we, we play these inferior opponents, you and I were like, or at least me, I know, I was like, because I was expecting kind of like the old, I got so accustomed and so conditioned to be like, okay, we play down to our competition and, and like, we're going to play these trash teams, but we're going to barely sneak eke out a win. Uh, but that never happened last year with all those teams that we were way better than. We beat the holy crap out of, uh, and I think you you saw. I think that's not just a one year thing. I think that's indicative of a culture change. The fact that Kirby has got these guys to buy in, you cannot take any game lightly. Every game's Super Bowl, you got to go out there and just. It's about you. It's about you executing and you playing to your standard, not playing down to a team. So I, I just don't see Kirby Smart allowing that to happen. I just I don't can't see it. All right, we follow that up with a trip to Baton Rouge. I'm very excited about this trip. Cannot wait to get there. Had my hotel and everything booked for oh god what now about five or six months it's like uh yeah, both, november yeah. yeah forever you and i have had those books like we were watching like a hawk every single day until the ho- the hotel's finally opened up and so we're very excited about this trip very very excited um i don't know man like, like you hear about all that. i mean lsu is a, it's a very uh, impressive home environment but espn fpi is giving us a 77.2 percent chance to go into baton rouge and beat lsu that's a big number are you buying it or are you going under oh
1: I'm a- Right there, um, LSU is just—they're not the LSU. They
0: might go six and six this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. I I, I actually kind of want to go over, it, but I'm going to give, like you said, I'm going to give them just the benefit of the doubt, just because of the atmosphere that their fans still do, especially if it's a night game, which they get a lot of.
0: I don't think I look at the schedule that day. I think we this game is clearly the premier get, game of the day. We'll see how yeah, things see, play if, out. Is the 3:30 that plays into our favor. Yes, I, I, I'm praying that it's a 3:30 game. I know it wants I mean, the night experience. The, there, of the matter
1: is, though, LSU is just not what they are. The quarterback situation is terrible. Running back situation is terrible. Um, loss of receivers. You have no offensive line, and
0: then. They They've defense. lost – they, offensively, I don't know how they're going to score points. I really don't. Exactly.
1: And, and that's a team that struggled as much as they struggled last year. And then defensively, they struggled a lot last year. And they don't have the athletes they want Yeah, did. And they fired – a good DC. He's not worth the what was he, $4 million a year or something like that? He's yeah, not worth I, I, that. It's something
0: astronomical. Yeah, Randall ran but, He's um, good, but that's a yeah, lot of money. Yeah,
1: they're just – to me, they're a, they're above-average program right now with Coach O.
0: I don't even know if I'd go above. I'd go slightly above average. know oh, that's picking here. So. Yeah, I agree, but that's what
1: I'm saying. They're just not the program they were. They're not. Like they that.
0: don't have. It's crazy. They don't have the talent. Like, remember how talented this team used to be year in year out. They don't, that's not the case anymore. Now they have some good players at spots, but they do not have the overall yeah, they talent used to have level. athletes on defense that everywhere you like that you you've never seen. Everywhere, man. Everywhere. First round picks left and right. I mean, they lose four, five, six guys in the NFL draft as underclassmen almost every year on the on the, top, on the defense side of the ball. But it's not the case. And offensively, like, really, I don't know how like they're gonna score points. You're gonna have you're gonna have a freshman quarterback. It's either going to be Miles Brennan or Laurel North Seats. probably Miles Brennan. Now both those guys are highly recruited guys, but I, I d I don't know, man. Like I just I don't see that. And then running back you lose your top two backs, including Darius Geis, have no one really any experience coming back. You lose your top receiver and DJ Shark. I, I I just don't know what they're gonna and the offensive line is pretty good. It's okay. Then but Nothing spectacular. And you look at the deep side of the ball, you lose, you lose uh, Key. You lose Arden Key, who was your best passion, although he was the shell of his former self this past year after coming back from injury and shoulder surgery. Uh, you've got Devin White. Devin White's a really good linebacker. I'll give him that. That dude's he's going to be on a lot of All-American lists in the, in the preseason. And, uh, you know, outside of that, like Kalevion uh, Jason is, is a guy that has the potential to be uh, a good pass rusher for them. But outside of those two guys, they just don't have – I mean, they have some good players. Eric Monroe's a good player, but they don't – he doesn't really scare me all that much. So we – honestly, like, look, and tell me if I'm wrong, but are we not, like, clearly the more talented team? Yeah. Like, I I honestly don't even think it's close. I think it's gotten to that point. I don't even think it's close. I think we are clearly the more talented team, uh, but – when you're playing LSU on the road, you have to factor in Tiger State in that environment. If this game is at night, I'm 1,000% going under because it's just you, – you know that environment. It's That's tough. I mean 77% – like saying that you have a 77% chance to beat LSU on the road, dude, the FBI must think we're really freaking good, uh, especially if that game happens to be at night. But again, if you look at the, the SEC schedule for that week, uh, the LSU-Georgia game uh, is clearly, in my opinion, the, the premier game of that day so i think that that game is very likely going to be a three thirty game which i know everyone wants to go and experience a night game at, at baton rouge i think that'd be fantastic for us to help us out in our what's best for our program i think it'd be to get a 3 a three thirty game there and if you look at the schedule so it's uh that week what do we got here it's missouri alabama no nah, it's not happening old miss arkansas that's not three thirty. tennessee auburn nope tennessee is gonna be terrible texas and south carolina nope florida vanderbilt nope Georgia-LSU, that's the 330 game, is it not? Yeah. I I can tell you right now, that's going to be the 330 game, unless we both just completely suck, and I don't see that happening. Um, So I think that might play into our advantage there. So I I want to say hold here, but just given the respect I have for Tiger Stadium, I'm going to go just a hair under there. Did you say under or did you say over?
1: I said I'm going to hold.
0: You're going to hold? You gonna hold it seventy seven percent? Oh God, isn't that number huge though?
1: It is, but we gotta think this. This team is really falling down.
0: So accustomed to LSU being That's one the, we're of those so teams. So accustomed to,
1: to what LSU has been the last decade since Saban really started. No one.
0: Yeah, but they're just they're not that team. And coach, like, and offensively, they're bringing in Steve Insminger, who was like when Les Miles got fired, Insminger was the guy on the staff that got promoted offensive coordinator that year, and then they, they didn't fire and they just didn't let him keep that. That, uh, that offensive coordinator job. They bring in Matt Can. Remember how excited every, everyone was about Matt Canda coming in last year? And you and I were like, dude, what has this guy done? Like, what has he done anywhere? And they move on from him, and they, they promote Steve Ensminger back to offensive coordinator, which is almost like putting the – it's like running the same offense that got Les Miles fired. It's like they, they fired Les Miles, they were so tired of that offense, and yet here Coach O is kind of reverting back to essentially the same thing. Now, I'm sure they might change a few things, but this is the dude that was running the Les Miles offense. Like, I, So I just – I don't see them being very good offensively. I really don't. All right. Then we get a bye week, and then we head to Jacksonville for the annual matchup with the Florida Gators uh, in the cocktail party. The ESPN FPI has given us a 78.7% chance to win. Are you over, under, or are you holding? I may go under at just 70. Um, You know, I think they'll have a few
1: offensive weapons. Um, But once again, they have a lot of question marks at quarterback and a lot of question marks defensively.
0: They just have a lot of question marks in general, man. I mean, the running back position. I think Jordan Scarlett's coming back, so he should be okay. The line's going to be terrible. Their line is going to be very bad, unless they have some answers, like some immediate impact answers. I just – you don't know if you can count on that. Tyree Cleveland comes back. He's a good receiver. The quarterback situation, I just don't think of. And Dan Mullen's coming in they're going to – Implement entirely well. I'm I'm curious to see. Does he try to immediately implement his traditional style of offense with the personnel they have, or does he try to fit his scheme to kind of go with the personnel they have? I I I'm very I'm very curious to see what happens. there. I don't know the answer. To, to me, that. I
1: think offensively, it really you know they have Trayvon Grimes to be playing immediately. To me, um, the thing is as good as the receivers are, the co- lack of quarterback really.
0: Yeah, I mean. Just- there's... And you saw the numbers uh, at. And then, again, it was just a spring game. Like, spring games, I don't know how much you can tell, but. It, was,
1: it wasn't the spring game. It was a regular scrimmage. And, I mean,
0: I yeah. think. The, yeah, the it wasn't spring game. You're right. It was just a, it was mean, just a scrimmage. And then the numbers this leaked is the out. same guy who's coming into
1: his third year in school. You still. And
0: their under 50% nothing, completion. Their
1: defense is nothing special. So if you can't, you know, pass on that defense, then what defense are you going to pass on?
0: And Florida's another team that's just not nearly as talented as you're accustomed Florida to being right now. They're just not. And, I mean, McElwain. Just he he didn't recruit. He couldn't he couldn't keep up with the Joneses I mean, in the we SEC. It up
1: the last couple of years, his recruiting his rankings were just not there, and we said they
0: were going to experience. Yeah, and we, you're right. We laid this out. Like, I laid it out in in vivid. You, you and I both laid it out in vivid detail. Like we use actual numbers to show you over the past like four years since Michael Wynn got there what their recruiting has been at. And it's it, it was a subpar level. Like, it was only a matter of time until they fell off because they were not bringing in elite talent. And we were, and we we were telling everyone before last season, just a matter of time until we overtake them because the talent level is just a different animal at Georgia compared to Florida, and it's not going to be any different this year. So I'm with you. I think we should win this game. I'm going to hold right here. I think about 75 78% is about right. I'm not saying we're going to 100% win this game, obviously, and you can't say that, but there's no reason we should lose this game. There's just, there's just not. I know they'll be out for revenge and blood and all that, but you know what? So what, dude? Bring it. You know, like I'm fine with that. We're just better, and we should beat this team. So I'm going to hold right there. I'm going to use one of my holds. Uh, then uh, we uh, travel to Kentucky after the trip to Jacksonville, and the FPI has given us an 89.9% chance to defeat the Kentucky Wildcats in Lexington. You going over or under? Or you hold, well, you can't hold anymore. You've got to use your two hold. You going over I'm under? A, I'm
1: actually going to go over. Um, third.
0: there's another situation. What are they going to do? A quarterback? Like I don't know.
1: Yeah, exactly. And they have so many question marks up and down that roster. Um,
0: they. I mean, you know, Benny that, Snell's good.
1: Yeah, that, I mean, but that's all they've got. I mean, we've gotten better while some teams have either stayed the same or gotten worse.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's another team like. And the thing is, we're
1: catching them later in the season when we should be
0: clicking. We should be rolling by then. We should. That's There's the no thing. doubt. It, it, it really,
1: to me, it really comes down to, like I said, when we're, the time we, when we play them.
0: They have some decent pieces on defense. Um, Josh Allen's a good player. Jordan Jones, I think, is a really good linebacker. I'm really high on him. He's very athletic. So a couple of guys there. But is that enough to hold down our offense, even if it's in Lexington? I, I just don't think so. I, I agree. Yeah, I just don't think so. I and mean, I know that's a huge number, like essentially ninety percent. I'm going to go over though. I'm going to go. I'd go like a ninety-five percent chance we win that. We should definitely win this game. Kentucky is another program. I mean, not. I would say they're not quite to the to the degree of Vanderbilt, but it's another program. that like we should really never lose to them, right? I mean, I it, we should never lose Kentucky. It just it should not happen. Uh, and then after Kentucky, we come back home. Uh, to close out the season with a three-game a, a three stretch there, a little three-game homestand. And we started that off, we kick it off against the Auburn Tigers in the Deep South's oldest rivalry. The Football Power Index ESPN puts out has given us a 66.7% chance to win this game. this According to the, to the FPI, this is going to be the closest game of the season for us. They, they see this as our toughest game of the year. At home against Auburn, are you going over or under 66.7? sixty six point seven? I'm not going to
1: go over. I think the thing is, people you know are going off what Auburn did last year. I think the biggest thing is you got to look at. I mean, we've talked about it. I think the last couple of shows uh, they don't have a running back like a carry on Johnson. Yes, on coming back, but they don't have um,
0: who's he throwing to?
1: Yeah, who's he throwing to? Your offensive line lost all your senior leadership, and then defensively, when you lose Jeff Holland, um, you lose Trey Matthews and people uh, Carlton Davis, a lot of upperclassmen that you had. You're you're not going to be the same team.
0: I tend to agree you with you, don't, and
1: you don't have the, the home field advantage like they had last
0: year. And that's a, and that was look. I've been in Jordan here a couple of times, and I was never really impressed with the home field environment until last year. And it was, I mean, you and I were both there. It was insane. Like that was by far like ten times louder than I've ever heard that place in my life. Uh, and part of that was because we were ranked number one, and you know it was a big time game. They were, they still had national title aspirations, um, but so that was a big time fact in that game. There's no doubt about it, and that's not going to be in their favor this time around. Uh, you know, I said who they're going to throw to. They, they've had a couple high-profile injuries receiver. Eli Stove uh, and uh, Will Hastings. Both those guys I think are probably going to be out for the year. Uh, but you do have Ryan Davis, who was their leading receiver in terms of receptions last year. He's back. Darius Slayton, who was their big play threat last year, he's back. Nate Craig Myers is back, who was is, who is a big-time recruit, but he's never really done anything. So I'm not particularly scared of him. Now, maybe he blossoms this year. I don't know. I do think that Jarrett Stidham is ridiculously good. I will say that I think that guy is a legit quarterback and he's I think he's an NFL caliber quarterback. I think he will have a long career in the NFL more than likely. But
1: and we saw those last couple games you saw what he what happens to him without Carry on
0: Exactly and that and that's my that's my thing with Auburn this year. If they like think about Gus Malzahn traditionally when has he had his best teams? His best teams offensively have been teams that are run run run. Run heavy, especially with a quarterback that's above quarterback. When like Has Gus Malzahn ever led a pass-heavy offense? Not that I know of. I mean, maybe at Arkansas State? I mean, when he was there, I don't know. But I mean, you'll see see passing numbers because it's big play. But it's never like they're going to go back there and throw... But those big plays come off of play action. They come off of the run threat.
1: It's never high um, high
0: number of throws. Yeah, they come off the run threat and that run action that you have to respect as a defense because they've been so good at it for so long. But since... Anytime he's been in the SEC, Gus Malzahn has never led a pass-happy style and been very successful with it. He just never has. And I just don't see their running game being that good this year. If Cam Martin is going to be their lead back, I'm going to say it right now, I think they're in trouble. Because he's... He's, he's not, I'm going to say he's a bad player, but he is not a between the tackles runner like Karrion Johnson. If you, if you watch Karrion Johnson close last year, that guy had, I mean, he was legit. He was patient. Uh, he had good, solid speed. He wasn't a burden, but had good speed when he got in the open. He always fell forward, had a nasty, stiff arm, a very physical runner. And that's what Auburn does. Like, you know, they put all that window dressing out there. We've talked about this a lot throughout the years on this show. But that is a downhill rushing attack. They just put a lot of window dressing and make you think it's something crazy. But it's not. It's an old school power running attack. That's what it is. I don't th- do you think Cam Martin can do that? Is he that kind of back? No, not at all. He's more of a scat type back to me. I hate to use that that, that terminology, but that's what he is. He's one of those guys more like speed sweep types of I don't see has done it Albert traditionally. blew up his sleeve and he's gonna he's gonna wow the world. But he's never done it the way I think he's gonna have to do this year. Throwing the football down the field, you have to kind of get away from your power running attack. And if you get away from that power running attack, as good as Jared Stidham is. How effective is he going to be? Because you're not going to have the same threat from the backfield that defenses have to respect. So offensively, I just don't know. I mean, they, ha- they have some personnel. It's just not the running back position. And the offensive line is losing a ton, losing four stars. You have two centers go down uh, in the off season. So like, I don't know what they're going to be doing off- on the offensive line, which makes the running game even less effective. Now defensively, I think this team is pretty good. Deshaun Davis is a good linebacker. They're, I mean, would, you, would is it a stretch to say they're – Front seven might be as good as anybody in the league. Um, I mean, look at Derek yeah. Brown, Marlon Davidson. Uh, then you've got T.D. Moultrie's probably going to fill in for Holland, an outside linebacker. Andrew Williams, you can you can throw in there. I mean, you got some guys up front. They do. I, I Big Cat Bryant's going to be in the mix there. Um, uh, so I mean, they've got some some legit players up front. I think they're going to be really good defensively. Uh, although I think their secondary is the vulnerability there for them. I think we can pick them apart in secondary. But we're at home here. Um, I think 66%. I, I want to go over, but I have one hold left, so I'm going to go hold. I think that's about right, 65 to 70% somewhere around yeah, right there. Yeah, that's fair. I'm going to go hold. We should definitely win that one as well. Uh, then then we uh, have uh, UMass coming into town. Uh, the FPI puts us at 98.3% chance of winning over wow. under. Over. I mean, the UMass program has gotten a little bit better. They gave Mississippi State a run for their money a couple years back. But look, I mean, come on. It's UMass. We should win that game going away. It shouldn't even be a thought. Over. And then, of course, we wrap the season up with the joke by Coke. The North Avenue Trade School makes the trip to Athens, to the greatest town on earth. Uh, and the ESPN FPI has given us an 86% chance to beat the Yellow Jackets. Over or under? Over. I want to go over man You know I hate tech I want to go over But I'm going to go under Slightly I'm going to say like 80% Not far Again not far I under I think
1: that's fair I just, I just think that There really has been a change In the identity And the, the No doubt,
0: But we also like Think about how much of a monster Roquan Smith was in that game last year Do we have a guy like that this year? I don't um, think we do. I, I
1: don't know if you have, have a guy like that. I think our new, the new defensive scheme that we have to attack them really opens it up for just any linebacker as long as they have some type of speed. I, I, I mean, do agree. And the thing is, that's later in the season. I mean, you saw uh, Nate Trent's freshman year. That's when people like him and other people started coming in and making impacts because they've had the whole season to get in there. So this that could be a chance where you see people like a Quay Walker, a change in all people like
0: that. Actually oh, Quay forward. Walker. I'm actually hearing Quay Walker's up to like 240 now. Oh, my God. I think Quay Walker might start for a since-linebacker. Maybe I don't know. I mean, so I mean,
1: that's the thing. It's later in the season, so I think whoever our replacement is, our coaches will have enough, you know, trust in them to do these, the things that we're going to ask them of. And let's be honest, as good as Roquan was, they're they're just still lack defensively and other. They
0: don't. Oh, have they, to they can't stop us. Defensively that defense they, is not going to stop our offense unless we stop ourselves phone the ball in the one yard line multiple times in the same game, like we've done in the past. <laughs> um, unless we beat ourselves, they're not they're not going to beat us. Unless we beat ourselves, they're not beating us. I will say, like I, I agree with you, the scheme we had last year was was. Just, I mean, magisterial man. Like he was incredible. I loved it. I mean, they they had no chance. But don't you think that they're going to spend the entire off season trying to game plan a way to beat that scheme that we had? And we're going to have some. We're going to have to come I, out with something they, different. My, but tech is, tech is who they are. But they tech, are. I mean, but the they But Paul Johnson does adjust. He. I mean, it, he doesn't he change adjust, his but offense, but the he'll make adjustments.
1: Less- in reality, but let's be honest, though, they they know who, they know don't try to hide who they are. They know what they are. They run those certain plays. They just mask them. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, they're not going to come out all of a sudden going to a shotgun
0: trying to, you know. Try no, they're to not going to adjust like them. that. But but if he sees that you're doing a certain thing and you're getting over aggressive this way, like he's pretty good. I'll give the guy a hate, it, but I'll I give him credit. I,
1: and that's the thing. I, I think we have someone who's just as good, if not better, chess player. and Like Fair. you said, it's...
0: I think you'll see us come out with a similar scheme. I, I bet we'll have our own adjustments, to be honest yeah, with Yeah, I mean,
1: we'll have our own adjustments. We won't do the same exact thing because that would just be not Yeah, that'd be stupid. Our coaches
0: are smarter enough. than that, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, so that's that's the schedule, man. So basically, uh, moral of the story is we're going to be undefeated. <laughs> no, we're not going to be ready to go that far. But, I mean, it is it is interesting to look at the, the ESPN FPI, and they give us – Either a, they give us a 66.7% chance or better to win every single game in our schedule. our schedule. Does that surprise you at all?
1: Um, No, because we're starting to get into the level of, you know, building into a better team, and some of these teams are still down.
0: Yeah, I mean, the East is... I
1: mean, like we said, one of the biggest things that has helped us going forward this the last two recruiting classes and you know the momentum we've built going forward while the other teams have stalled and taken steps back and now they're trying to play catch up when we're already
0: ahead yeah florida still trying to play catch up what you Tennessee. saw with alabama when alabama really got started um you know that's
1: when uh urban meyer started uh urban meyer left florida to so florida took a step back because they were one of the teams that like you saw with the first year beat um or, you know, saving first game the of championship, they beat them. So those teams started taking a step back. We weren't taking steps forward. So, I mean, they, they got ahead, and everyone tried to play catch-up.
0: Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, that's a good assessment of that situation. And, look, I mean, I'll say this. I said it about after, like, game – I think maybe after the Notre Dame game. That was when I was sold, and I was, like, saying all, all, this, all the rest of the season. I, I kept saying, like, look, I'm not saying we're going to win every game the rest of the season, but – we're going to be better than every team we play, and we should beat every team we play. Whether we will or not, I don't know. And I'm going to say that right now at the beginning of the season. Like, and we don't know exactly what these teams are going to look like, but looking on paper, I would say that we are better than every team that we're going to play this year. We are more, And what I mean by that is we're more talented. Now, we have some inexperience in spots, and we'll, we'll, that remains to be seen if those guys are ready to play. But I know that the kind of talent those guys have. We've got to see what they can do on the on the field of play at the college level, and, and it might take them a minute or two. That's why the South Carolina game and Missouri game are concerned because they're early in the season. But I still say we are more talented than any team we play on our schedule this year. And if we lose, then we'll, we, we, chances are we'll probably slip up somewhere along the way. It's just kind of how it rolls. But if we lose, it'll simply be because... We, we hurt ourselves. I don't think there's a team out there that's going to beat us because they're better than us. I think we're going to have to help teams for us to lose. Would you agree at this point? Yeah. I do agree. Yeah. All right. So that's it, guys. Went through the schedule there. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. We appreciate you sticking with us and listening to us here today on the show. Blab on about some football. We love this stuff. And I know a lot of you guys out there do, too. But. For Curtis, I'm Tyler. Thanks for listening. Make sure to check back next week. We'll have uh, the week four spring practice recap. So be listening out for that. But uh, thanks for listening. As always, go, dogs.